Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, presented by PPV.com, we sit down with WBC lightweight champion Devin Haney. We also take a look ahead to Udenis Ugas versus Errol Spence and break down the weekend that we just saw between Triple G Murata, Brian Garcia, and Erickson Lubin versus Sebastian Fondora. And I got a new home. Working John Boy Media now. Let's go. All right, everybody, welcome into episode 152 of Inside Boxing Live, presented by PPV.com. I am your host, Dan Kenobio, and as you can see, we're no longer in my, my kitchen studio. We are here at John Boy Media Studios, my new home, and I'm excited uh, to be bringing you boxing news every single week here for John Boy Media. If you're not accustomed to them, if you're a baseball fan, you actually know who John Boy Media is, you know who John Boy is, and you know who Jake is. But they are now venturing out into other sports, and they have invested in myself, and they have invested in the sport of boxing, and they invested in you, the boxing fan. So I'm really excited uh, to get going here. Everything's pretty much going to be the same. I'm going to keep doing the show week in, week out. Maybe there'll be more shows, uh, maybe twice a week now. There'll be fight watch parties. Uh, we're going to be doing more YouTube content. We're going to be going out to fights. You know, go maybe go to the Canelo fight, maybe go to the Canelo Triple G fight. Uh, we're just going to have a presence now, and it's going to be part under the John uh, Boy Media umbrella, and I couldn't be any more excited. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much big news there. Everything's mostly going to stay the same. Uh, still going to be talking boxing week in, week out. And, man, did we have a phenomenal weekend. Starting at 8 a.m. on the East Coast, uh, I woke up, set my alarm for 7.55, made some coffee, and settled in for the return of Gennady Golovkin when he took on Ryota Murata from Japan. Uh, and Triple G was his first fight in over 15 months. Uh, and Murata was out even longer. A unification bout. And a, lot, a mixed bag, I, I thought. I thought Golovkin ultimately looked good. Um, you know, a lot of people are looking at him and they're talking about he's 40 years old. Yes, he is 40 years old. But he still hits hard. He, he's a slow starter. The fir- first couple of rounds, you saw Murata just teeing off. And I was like, well, geez, is this going to be the last fight? that we see from Gennady Golovkin in his illustrious career. Is it going to end in Japan at 8 a.m. on the East Coast? But he woke up, and he woke up in a very big way. He outlanded Murata 122-46 to 46 over uh, the final four rounds. He landed 41% of his power shots. He landed 10 jabs around. He has the best jab in boxing. Overall, I thought he looked solid. Considering he is 40 years old, considering he hadn't fought in close to 15 months, and he still took out a guy that is in his prime in Rota Murata, who hits very hard. But there were some moments uh, that fans already have taken a, a look at and saw that, wow, you know, he is susceptible to the body. You know, a, a few moments early on in that fight when Murata was landing those body shots where he visibly winced. And we know he has a great chin. It's just that what, what's going on with to the body? And that's going to be a big thing now because everything, obviously, is looking forward to that third fight with Canelo. That's part of Canelo's deal with Matchroom, a two-fight deal, uh, two fights, $90 million. The first is Canelo versus Bival, and the second fight is supposed to be Golovkin 
versus Triple G. And I tweeted out that I was looking forward to the fight. And I got a lot of flack. Got dunked on a little bit. It's going to happen when you tweet as much as I do. But it's what is next. Considering what's out there right now, he can't find better BF next. He's not fighting uh, Charlo, and he's not fighting Benavidez. So what's on the table right now is a third fight with Golovkin. And honestly, if there's a handful of fighters out there that are, are willing to stand and trade with Canelo, and I think Golovkin still is one of them, power is the last thing to go on a fighter, especially at 40 years old. Golovkin still has power. Some of those, those shots he was landing on Murata were vicious. You know, he's still throwing 70 punches around. I think that's another way to disrupt Canelo. Do I think he's going to beat Canelo, Triple G? No. Do I think it's, he's going to get stopped? Absolutely not. I saw a lot of those tweets, too, and a lot of reaction is that oh, Canelo's going to stop Golovkin in one round. Canelo's going to hammer him to the body. He's going to beat the body of Golovkin, but I've yet to see Golovkin hit the canvas, let alone be knocked out in a fight. I need to see that happen first before uh, we can write off a, fu- a future Hall of Famer. So that was at 8 a.m. And then from there, we move to the night portion. I guess we should start or we can go with what we saw on, on Showtime. Showtime put a triple header on. So Tony Harrison with a great performance beating Sergio Garcia in the co-main co- event. But the main event was a contender for fight of the year. Sebastian Fundora, six foot five, 154-pounder, the towering inferno, is now one of the baddest men on the planet. He be- defeated Erickson Lubin in another chapter in the saga that is 154 pounds. Uh, I think the fight exceeded the hype. I've been talking about this fight for months now. It was one on my top 10 list of fights to look forward to. A back-and-forth, phone booth type of fight. Fondora dropped Lubin, uh, one of the cleanest uppercuts I've ever seen in the second or third round, uh, and it was not a flash knockdown. Lubin was really, really hurt. Uh, the thing with Lubin is he was, the first three rounds before the, the knockdown, he was using his jab more. Uh, he was jabbing, which is how you're going to have to push back a guy that's six foot five with an 80-inch reach. And he had totally abandoned the jab, Lubin. He's, he couldn't land it anymore. And after that is when Fandora started to step on the gas pedal, started to find that distance. And then uh, it was just Fandora taking over until Lubin had that second wind and was able to drop Fandora. I mean, it was it was vicious. That was a vicious, vicious fight at 154 pounds. Uh you know, Lubin's face was disturbing. Uh, he's now joking about it now on Instagram. He put out the, the picture that was going around uh, from the old Martin episode where his face was all lumped up because I had never seen something like that. Been around the sport for a really long time, but I've never seen a face deformed like that. Hematoa between the eyes. You know, he, I think he had a, a, a maybe a broken jaw. I know he had a separated shoulder, broken nose. He was beat up bad. And Fondora, after the fight, was talking about how his face morphed throughout the course of the fight that just shows you how brutal this sport is and uh why you don't they say this way you don't play boxing but uh for lubin um sorry for uh fundora he now wins an interim title afterwards he said i'm not interested in an interim title i never heard a fighter actually say that they are interested in an interim title but it puts him one step closer to the winner of charlo and castaño where it's going to happen on May 14th, Tim Zhu also in the mix. He wants a piece of those belts. That's the thing when you have an undisputed uh, championship fight. You have all these other mandatories circling in the water. But it's no doubt in my mind that the top four at 154 pounds right now, uh, I have Castaño at number one. I have Charlo at two. I have Fondora at three. And I have Tim Zhu at four. That is a really good top four. Uh, I doubt that Tim Zhu and Fondora will fight each other in the interim. I think they're going to wait their turn and wait to see what happens with Charlo. Uh, in Castaño before 
uh, they fight each other. But, man, Sebastian Fondora put the entire boxing world on notice. He's about to blow up. I've had him on the show before. He's just a nice, calm guy. We saw him at the weigh-in. He was wearing the, the, the khakis with the lime green shirt. Looks like he worked uh, selling insurance. He wears glasses. Uh, right after the fight was over, he put his glasses on. He was on the phone. I thought that was that – was, <laughs> the guy's going to blow up, I think. Um, and uh, he is undoubtedly a force – at 154 pounds. Uh, I guess we can now move on to what we saw on the zone. Uh, Ryan Garcia and Emmanuel to go. Uh, for Garcia, another guy that was out of the ring for a long time. I think there's a correlation between long layoffs and not looking great in the ring. But for Ryan Garcia, I thought it was a mixed bag. He got the win. Uh, he was able to knock down to go. Uh, he was able to hurt him later on in the fight as well. But he was loading up way too much on his punches. Uh, he was looked like, to me, he was visibly gassed around the 8th or ninth round. What about his jab? He talked about, in the lead-up to this fight, if I could develop a jab, I think I'd be lethal. Well, he landed 5 of 190 jabs. I mean, that is an astronomically low number. It's actually hard to do. Uh, but Ryan Garcia got the win. But do I think he looked great? No. Was he trying too hard for to get the knockout? Yes. Uh, and you have to give him, you know, a little bit the benefit of the doubt here because Emmanuel to go. Didn't even try to win the fight. I don't think he took one forward step the entire fight. So it's really hard to land when a guy's not willing to engage. But Ryan Garcia was still able to land over 40% of his power shots. But afterwards, he did not call out Tank Davis. He did not call out any of the other lightweights. He said, you know what? I'm, I've done that too much and I've been burned uh, left and right by, by calling my, uh, my adversaries out. I'm not going to do that. But I think it's smart because I don't think he's getting Tank Davis next. I mean, that fight... Won't be competitive right now, and I also don't think it's at its financial peak. I was encouraged by the crowd. I thought there was a good crowd in San Antonio. That's something uh, when he eventually does fight Tank Davis, when they get to the negotiating table, they're going to have to figure out who gets what piece of the pie. Uh, but there were 15,000 packed into San Antonio to watch Ryan Garcia uh, come off a 15-month layoff. That is uh, pretty damn good. But he ain't getting tanked next. I don't know if you would even get a Jojo Diaz next, who was on commentary for DAZN, tweeted out that he needed a coffee during the fight. I don't think Golden Boy would do that. I think what they should do is get him back in there in the summer. Uh, he didn't take a lot of punishment. He put out a video saying that he felt fine. But I would try to get Ryan Garcia back in there in the summer against a guy in between to go and Jojo Diaz. And then maybe a Jojo Diaz fight in December. Uh, I think the main thing for, for Ryan Garcia is getting him in the ring and keeping him active, getting him on three fights here in, in 2022. Uh, but he's got to develop a jab. Uh, he's got to stop loading up on, on punches. But I thought it was a mixed bag. Uh, you know, still was able to land over 40%, knocked him down in the, in the fight. Got rounds, too. First time he ever went 12 rounds in his career. Uh, so that was the night portion of... Uh, the slate on this past Saturday. This is one of the best months in the history of boxing this April. And this was the first big weekend we had. And it was with a bang. I mean, you can't deny that you were, if you were watching those fights starting at 8am or 5am uh, in the West coast or in the afternoon in the UK for a change from going from Golovkin to Lubin Fundora in the same 24 hour span. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And then of course this upcoming weekend, we got Spence and Ugas. I'm going to touch on that in a second. All right, we are ready for our Errol Spence or Dennis Ugas preview. Huge fight. Uh, we're talking about this April. Uh, I don't have a name for it. I had November to remember last year. 
uh, for that great November. I maybe go to No Fool in April. Uh, continues on this Saturday, April 16th. Uh, PPV.com is where you want to go to order this one. Uh, look, look at the odds brought to you by DraftKings. Spence, minus 650. Hasn't been in the ring in a very long. That's a common theme here. Another guy coming off a huge layoff. And Ugas is plus 450. Those are the odds. I think they're going to get closer as the fight goes on. I think more people are going to start throwing money on uh, your Dennis Ugas as we get closer uh, to Saturday. I keep an eye on that uh, over at, at DraftKings. But let's talk about Errol Spence first. Uh, he is one of the top five pound-for-pound fighters in boxing. Uh, he is obviously uh, holds two of the belts in the welterweight division. Hasn't been in the ring since December 2020 when he beat Danny Garcia. And it's his, only his second fight in the last 30 months, of course. You have to go back to uh, September of 2019 when he defeated Sean Porter. Ten days later, he flips his car, nearly dies, and we don't see him for a long time. So then he's back in action. He finally uh, beats uh, Danny Garcia, and he gets the fight with Manny Pacquiao. And everyone's, oh, this is going to be an epic fight. Uh, you know, your epic pay-per-view in the summer, you know, up-and-coming guy or versus a legend in Manny Pacquiao, and then he tears his retina. And that's two life-threatening or career-threatening injuries uh, in the span of, what, 18, 24 months for Errol Spence. But he's back this week, and he's saying that he's on. he feels like he's on borrowed time. And he's 32 years old, Spence, and I, I believe that. I, I actually like to hear that from Spence. To me, that means that he wants big fights only. And obviously, we want to see if he gets through this fight, we want to see him fight uh, Terrence Crawford. But 32 years old, says he's on borrowed time, but he's still very much in his prime. But there is a little bit of evidence that I wouldn't say slippage, but maybe just adjusting his style a bit. And that's to be expected from a fighter who is 32 years old and uh, is coming off of some debilitating injuries. All right, let's go and take a look at Spence's last, uh, his five title fights versus Brooke, where he won the belt, Ocampo, Lamont Peterson, Mikey Garcia, and Sean Porter. Spence was a whirlwind. He was throwing 71 punches around, tops in the welterweight division. That is a number you just don't see from a welterweight. And this right here is punch distribution. He was throwing 51% power shots and 49% jabs. Doesn't get any better balance than that. You don't know what is coming uh, from Errol Spence during that uh, five-fight stretch. Landing at a 33% connect rate, which is pretty good for someone that throws 71 punches around. So clearly, during that five-fight stretch for Spence, he was an offensive dynamo. He was filling the stat sheet over a compu box. Then you take a look at his fight with Danny Garcia in December of 2020. It was down. His, his volume was down, throwing 58.9 punches around, down from 71 around. He was throwing his jab 59% of the time. Power only 41% of the time. A more cautious Errol Spence. Great jab, but a more cautious Errol Spence, and his connectory dipped down to 26%. Uh, you know, so... What are we going to get from, from Errol Spence in this fight? Are we going to see someone more towards what we saw during that five-fight stretch where he's throwing 70 punches around, you know, throwing his power shots, mixing up his power shot and his jab, you know, connecting at a high rate? Or are we going to see a more cautious, refined Errol Spence like we saw against Danny Garcia with the 60 punches around, you know, throwing a jab 60% of the time? I, I want to see it, but I, I got to see what Spence uh, brings to the table uh, in this fight. But don't get it twisted. Spence is still a beast on offense. He still ranks uh, in the top three in five different categories at, at welterweight. He's number one in punches landed per round. He's number one in jabs landed per round. He's number two 
in uh, punches thrown around 67. He's number two in jabs thrown around, and he's number three with a 46.3 uh, power connect grade. The guy can still fill it up uh, at, at welterweight. To me, I think this fight's going to come down to uh, Spence pushing the pace. Uh, if he can push the pace, and obviously he's going to jab a lot, uh, and he's got one of the best jabs in there, but he is not the same one-punch uh, knockout guy. He hasn't had a, a knockout since that Ocampo fight in 2018, and before that he had 10 straight stoppages. I know that the, the, the talent level has gone up, but I think that Spence, the one-punch knockout guy, I, I don't think that's who he is uh, anymore. Let's get into your Dennis Ugas. Obviously the story with your Dennis Ugas uh, is of perseverance, just like Errol Spence, a little different, uh, not really any self-inflicted wounds, but more, um, you know, getting up off the mat. I know that is a boxing pun, but that is how you would sum up your Dennis Ugas. Back-to-back losses in 2014 had him thinking about quitting the sport. You know, he, he actually took a, a few years off uh, your Dennis Ugas before his trainer, Ishmael Salas, before his manager, Luis de Cubas, and before Yankees closer, Aroldis Chapman, who was a familiar name to everyone here at the John Boy office and his fellow countrymen uh, from Cuba, encouraged him to keep fighting. Uh, Chapman played a big role in getting him back in the ring, helped finance his career. And when you see on fight night, Ugas is going to be wearing that 54 on his leg in honor of his best friend, uh, a role this Chapman, but since those back-to-back losses in 2014, he's won 12 of 13 since then. It can arguably be 13 of 13, but depending how you had that fight uh, with, with Sean Porter. Uh, but th- what's interesting about this fight is Ugas will be fighting his second straight southpaw uh, and one with a similar work rate. Of course, uh, he fought one of the best southpaws of all time. He retired Manny Pacquiao in his last fight, and now he gets another southpaw in Errol Spence. Going back to that fight versus Pacquiao, Ugas was on from the first bell, landed 60% of his power shots, but only on 38 punches around. That's precision. Uh, his defense was airtight. He held Pacquiao to just 16% of his total connects. And Pacquiao, yes, 42 years old, washed, uh, you know, hadn't fought in over like 15, 16 months, or maybe even longer than that since the Thurman fight. Pacquiao still pressed the action. Pacquiao threw 68 punches around. That is right at uh, Errol Spence is average. I don't think Errol Spence will throw close to 70 punches around, but Ugas has that going for him. He is the southpaw killer. He is 6-1 in one in his career against southpaws with three KOs. But we talked about the back-to-back losses. One of those losses, or the only loss uh, Ugas suffered uh, during that stretch, was to a southpaw. It was versus Emmanuel Robles in 2014. He lost a split decision. It was the first of those back-to-back losses. Robles threw 95 punches around. He absolutely outworked Ugas in every department and dropped him in the sixth. Uh, that was his only loss against uh, a, a southpaw. But the thing with Ugas is it, it, this fight's in Texas. <laughs> we saw this past week, uh, this past weekend, over in the Ryan Garcia car with that Marlon Esparza fight, how bad the judges are in Texas. They are predominantly the worst uh, commission in all in, in the U.S. They employ some of the worst judges, and we saw that this past weekend. And is that going to be the case this weekend? Can Ugas win a decision in Texas by throwing just 38 punches around, fighting on his back foot? That's the type of fighter he is. He's not a, a come-forward type of fighter. He's a counterpuncher. He's a slick southpaw. Can you win a fight like that? To me, I think he's heading into this fight. Down two uh, rounds on the scorecard because it's in Errol Spence's backyard and it's in Texas. 
All in all, this is probably one of the best pay-per-view cards I have seen in a long time. A quick reminder that the first two fights are on Showtime, regular Showtime. And Showtime is running a free uh, preview this week at 7 p.m., Regular Showtime, you're going to get 140-pound sharpshooter Brandon Lee versus Zachary Ochoa. And then you're going to get a, a, a fight at 147 that has huge title implications. Emanius Stanionius versus Rabzab Butiev. This fight is going to be awesome. I'm telling you, this fight is the one to circle on this. They both uh, throw upwards of 70 punches around, come forward fighters. And that's on the regular Showtime. Showtime has never done something uh, like this uh, in their history when I had um steven espinosa on the pod a few weeks ago it's something that they're trying out you know they've put uh free fights over on their showtime uh, youtube page and i believe this will also be streaming on the showtime youtube page too but showtime portion at seven o'clock in the main card you want to order that on ppv.com josecito lopez versus cody crowley gonna be a banger isak cruz versus uh your favorite journeyman yoriokas gamboa of course cruz uh, coming off of that fight with Tank Davis, gave Tank Davis fits. Uh, interested to see what he does at 135. Jose Valnueza versus Francisco Vargas. That should be good fight. A lot of explosiveness in that one. And also Vito Milnecki is on this card. F.A. Apochi is on this card too. He gave you one of the best fights uh, last year in uh, that cruiserweight fight. That is huge card this upcoming uh, weekend. We're in the best month of the year. It's between this month and I would say June as the two best months of 2022. And, yeah, I'm excited. But before we get to our guest, Devin Haney, I got to tell you about PPV.com. Today's show was presented by PPV.com. It is the newest and best way to order pay-per-views and events. This Saturday, obviously, we just talked about it at length, Errol Spence returns to the ring. Three-belt unification against your Dennis Ugas. And the best way to order the fight is through PPV.com. If you haven't experienced it yet, you should. Uh, not only will you be able to watch one of the best fights of the year, three-belt unification, but you'll also get to watch it with me. I'll be uh, live in their interactive chat. Uh, I've taken uh, part in those before. Corey Erdman uh, leads the chat. Some fighters will stop by. Some media members will stop by. It's pretty cool. They put the fight in one corner, and you get the interactive chat in the other corner because you're either on Twitter. When I watch a fight, I'm watching it. I'm also on Twitter, and I'm tweeting what's going on. But now you can interact with fans. You can interact with fighters. You can interact with media members at ppv.com. Uh, Another thing, too, here is if when you order through ppv.com, you're automatically entered into a sweepstakes, two tickets, hotel, and airfare to an upcoming ppv.com event. That sounds pretty good to me. You're going to watch the fight anyway. If you order through ppv.com, uh, you get to have a live interactive chat. Then you also have a chance to be sent, flown out, put up in a hotel at a future PPV uh, main event. Uh, that sounds Awesome to me. So go to ppv.com. Order this fight right now. The link is in the description uh, on YouTube, and you can also find it on my Twitter. That's ppv.com. All right, let's get to the WBC lightweight champ, Devin Haney. All right, it's time to bring in our guest this week here on Inside Boxing Live. Devin Haney, the WBC lightweight champion, uh, the man in the news, the man taking the risk, the man who put his name on the dotted line, chasing greatness going across the world. Saturday, June 4th. We're getting closer and closer. We're inside two months. Melbourne, Australia on regular ESPN. No pay-per-view. Love that. Uh, He'll be taking on George Camposos. Undisputed lightweight champion. We're going to put that whole story to rest. Has this all sunken in? We're we're like a weekend so far of this fight happening. I know you're sparring and and we got the, the press conference. Has it all sunken in? You got that extra swag in your step? 
Honestly, no, it still hasn't sunk in like yet. Like it just feels like okay, like regular fight. Like it doesn't feel like, bro, I'm about to go to Australia and I'm about to fight for all the belts and be undisputed and make history. Uh it hasn't sunk in yet, but um I've been training hard as hell, um, preparing, so that's all that matters. You seem like a guy that's like, you know, the proverbial always in the gym, always fit. Like I never seen you blow up and weigh. I never you always been pretty on point you're always trained uh it seems like 24 uh, 7 i know you do take some some time off all, all fighters do but i've been seeing on on, on ig uh you, you've been getting some good sparring i saw you at wild card so you with mark Maxayo, uh the featherweight champ uh yeah. what, what's sparring been like and who are you planning on using for sparring um sparring has been great uh just 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 the beginning stages of you know just you know testing it out seeing how i'm feeling and uh, i'm feeling great um even like during like Wait, you went black. 20% All right, better. Go, you can just take it right from the top. Go ahead. Yes. So sparring has been great. Um, you know, we're still in the beginning stages. But um, I've, I've always, like, probably, like, for the last, like, two, two, three months, I've been, like, just sparring, just, like, just to stay sharp and just, like, just to see how I feel. Sometimes I just don't feel like training, so I just spar. So um, it's still the beginning stages. Um, but we, we don't know who we're going to bring in yet. We got a list, like, about, like, 30 different guys uh, that, that we're looking at to bring into camp. But uh, we haven't, you know, put the stamp on any, uh, anybody yet. Right now, I'm just getting all the way in shape, getting strong, mm-hmm. um, lifting weights, doing doing all the, the stuff, like the, the gritty work before yeah. I get sharp. Did you spar with Max Io? No. Uh, I sparred with a few a few of Freddie's guys. I actually sparred with um, this guy. He's fighting this weekend. He's fighting. He's a 147-pounder. He's fighting for, I think, WBA belt maybe. He's it starts, his name starts with an S, like St- Stalionis or something. Oh, Stanionis? Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sparred yeah, him. he's I fighting Butaev him. on the Spence card. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I sparred him. Wow. Um, and I he's sparred big, him. He's a big guy. Yeah, I sparred. I sparred a few different guys, and I sparred another guy. He's signed with top rank. He's nineteen and zero. I don't. I couldn't even tell you his name though if you told me. But uh, he. I don't know. T- tell me if you know him. He he was a replacement opponent on a top rank card, and he ended up winning. But he's nineteen and zero. I don't know. I mean, okay, it's, yeah. it's a good yeah. game. It's a good game. I can, maybe I can come to me during during this interview, but that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, sparring Stanionis. I mean, he's going up against Butaev. Uh, the winner of that is supposed to fight the winner of uh, Spence and Ugas, even though we want to see Crawford get in the mix. So that that's good work. Uh, yeah. You know, you always seem like someone that will go to different gyms, like, uh, you know, get different insight. Uh, I like that about yeah. you. Yeah, I don't have e- I don't have uh, too much of an ego, you know. I don't have like you know where I have to like be only strictly in one gym around my people. Um, I'm down to go mix it up with whoever, wherever. Um, if I get some good work, then uh, that's a plus. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we know where we're at now. We're, we're getting ready for a undisputed fight. Uh, you're you know 23 years old. You've been on the scene for a while. Uh, made your debut. I'm interested by in your come up. I'm interested in always uh, like a fighter's debut. For you, it was really unique because you started in Tijuana. First four fights were in Mexico, kind of like Creed in a way. Like you're going down there and you're picking up wins, getting experience. Like that must have been quite the experience. Take us back to your debut as like a 17 year old fighting in Tijuana. Yeah, um, it was kind of like. Like I was real nervous because I heard a lot. Of, this is before it was like a trend to go to Mexico. Like a lot of people weren't going to Mexico. Now it's like the new thing. Like, oh, go to Mexico, build my record up, whatever, yeah, yada, yada, yada. 
But at this time, not everyone was doing it. And I was so young at 17. They were telling me, like, it was corrupt there. Don't go. Um, you might get robbed. Bad decision. But I'm a traveling man, as you see. Um, <laughs> we're, getting ready to go to, we're getting ready to go to Australia. And a lot of people said don't go. So um, I have no fear. I, I trust in my skills. I trust in my talent. Um, I'm willing to mix it up who, with whoever, wherever, like I said. And, um, yeah, so that, that's how we started there in Mexico. So was it like, you know, fighting in like in like barroom uh, type of, of scenarios? Like I've, I've yeah. never actually been to one, but I've heard like I've seen some footage. Was it like something like that, like small? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it was. It was fighting. I was fighting in the middle of like bar rooms for like, <laughs> I want to say like 11 to 12 fights. I was doing that. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And, and that's whole, all whole, your that was all your whole, dad's plan. Uh, yeah. It seems um, like. Was, go ahead. I was fighting in like it was it would be like the whole place would be against me like the whole like bar <laughs> like it would be like it would be like maybe like hundred to two hundred people and it would all be like cheering like if a guy just even got close to hitting me they would go crazy. Yeah, because you probably were fighting Mexican fighters. They're they're gonna root yeah. for the Mexican fan. You're the American that's <laughs> coming in. So you got that you, you got that down pat. You know, fighting in front of uh, having the crowd boo you because. You know, June fourth, June fifth, however we want to frame this, uh, there's going to be a lot of fans against you. Yeah, um, it it is what it is. At the end of the day, I'm I believe in I believe in skills pay the bills. No matter where we are, uh, we can fight in Australia ten times, and I'll be <laughs> ten times. It is what it is. Yes, I like that. Let's talk about your dad. Obviously, was the one that wanted you to to, to start at seventeen. He's a big architect of, of your career. Obviously, yeah. in boxing, there's been so many stories over the years of father and son duos and man, uh, uh, Kriegel, ESPN. They're really going to tap into that. They're going to really tap into you and your dad for the uh, for for those uh, segments that, that that they do. But I, I think it's one of the better father son teams we've seen in recent years. You can't deny it. Uh, you know, your dad starting you off at, at 17, going to, to Tijuana, uh, building you up, you know, having your own promotion, you know, fighting under different platforms and now, you know, making a boatload of money, putting that off to the side and now securing this fight. You know, how important is that relationship that you have with your dad, Bill Haney? Because I, I think on, you know, during the press conference, I think it really like it, it stuck out to me. Yeah, um, it's, it's everything. You know, without my dad, I wouldn't be you know, where I'm at today, you know, um, and I got a new millennial dad that, you know, he's, he's like adjusted to, you know, the, the man I am today, the fame that, the, the, the fame that I'm getting, the the money that I'm making. And he adjusts. He's, he, he's, he's not like a, uh, a dad that's stuck in his old ways or, you know, he's just super militant. He's, he, he, he's adjusting, he's making the adjustments as time goes. And that's, that's what I think about him, you know? So it's never like, he he's, he's my best friend. He's more, you know, and, and my dad at the same time, you know, I can go to him as, as, as my dad for the, for that type of advice, but I still go to him as, as my friend as well. That's awesome. That's such, that's great to hear. Uh, and, and you can see it, you can, you can feel it too. And it's, it's undoubtedly a, uh, a really good relationship between, uh, you and your dad. So uh, that, that's great to keep an eye on, uh, as well. Let's get to the actual deal. Uh, I know your dad helped with that. And uh, wait, one last thing. That's what I wanted to get to with you talking about how your dad is someone that adjusts. And it's one thing that I, I admire is you guys bring in other coaches, bringing in other trainers, whether, you know, it's Ben Davison or whether we, I think you worked with Mike McCallum for, for body work uh, yes. in, in past camps. That to me is, is, is everything because we've heard this 
every bad thing about a father-son duo is like the, the, it gets to the point where it gets awkward where the dad you know hangs on too long or the fighter doesn't want to tell their dad like hey i think i need a new voice or another voice in, in this case that to me is is huge yeah it is it is um you know what what my dad not having too big of an ego to where you know he feels like he knows everything you know we we we're, we're learning together. We're growing together. And if we need, you know, someone else to, to, cause he's still my dad. Sometimes I don't want to hear from him. Sometimes I want to hear from somebody else. Yeah. We're human. You know, it's, it is what it is. It's just how my life works. So, you know, it, it, you know, we need to bring somebody else on board to, to, to teach me it. Then, you know, we're, we're, he's up for that. I'm up for that. And uh, that's what makes us, us. Yeah. It's a good team. Uh, so Ben Davison will be on board for this fight. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, D- ben Davison. He comes in in about two weeks. Coming to LA? Uh, no, Vegas. Vegas. He's gonna come to Vegas, and then uh, we're gonna we're gonna um, get that working. He's on quite a roll, man. I mean, he's got Lee Wood. He's got uh, Josh Taylor. He's he's a up and coming trainer, polarizing guy on Twitter. A lot of people have a lot to say about Ben, but you can't deny his results. Uh, so that's a good yeah, I mean, that's a good tandem. They, right they, there. they can say what they want to say, but <laughs> his wins. You know, it, it, it tells it all. You could say, oh, this and that, that and that. He wins. Yeah, I so think he likes it. I think he enjoys playing the heel. I know he's got the slick back hair. He kind of looks like a villain out of a, out of a movie. And He does. Uh, he does. I think it's because he he's, like, not even 30 yet. So he's, like, super young. And, and, and a lot of people get, uh, you know, they hate, especially on Twitter. What's crazy is I didn't even know that he was that young until, like, we were, like, deep into camp. I'm like, how old are you? And he's, oh, no, I think his birthday was coming up. Yeah. Uh, he's like twenty eight like or twenty nine, I believe. Yeah, and I was, he told me how old he was. He and my my older brother's older than him. It was crazy. Oh, I didn't. Okay, how many siblings do you got? I got two brothers, two sisters. Oh wow! You, where do you fall in rank? In the middle. The two, middle child. Two younger brother. No, two younger siblings and two older siblings. None of them got into boxing. No, nah, I'm the only person. That's crazy because usually, like with the fighting, it's like fighting families. Like Fandoras, all of them fight. You know, Mayweather's, all of them fight. Or... Yeah, I, I feel like like I'm the start of it in my family, and like my kids will. will, will so you would fight. let your kids box? I wouldn't want them to, but at the end of the day, what can I like? I dedicated my whole life to this, so yeah. if they seen that and then they like admired it, or it was something that they wanted to do after they seen how much hard work. Because I want to show them that. You know, it's hard work that comes with this that it wasn't just given to me. So mm-hmm. if they see that that they're willing to sign up for that and the work and everything that comes with it, then how can I how can I deny them? Yeah, but they're gonna be you're we're talking way down the road here. Your your, your kids are gonna have some a nice fat uh you know bankroll. So you, I know yeah. you didn't start off with that. Yeah, but yeah. That's, so, that's a driving force, you know. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but you know, I'm, I am going to try to get them to, to – I'm going to start off with, you know, opening businesses or do something like that, go. maybe a lawyer, something like that. All right, if yeah. They, if, they, if they choose to, I mean, I can't deny them. Especially, yeah, you know a lot about lawyers. I mean, you've, you've signed a lot of deals. Uh, there's a lot of lawyers involved with this deal. Uh, one of the more complicated ones, it got it done. Uh, uh, I've been, you know, tweeting about it, and I got a lot of people in my mentions, Devin, a lot of people in my replies that tell me, this was a bad deal for Devin Haney. He should not have had to sign with a, two promoters. He should not have to sign with a, a different network as a champion just to get this fight. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. We, I mean, I had to, I had to do what I had to do to, to, to get the fight. 
I truly believe in my talent. I believe in my skills. So um, whatever they said that they wanted, um, I said, okay, let's do it. You want this? You want that? Come on. What else? Because I truly believe in my talent, and I know that I'm the better fighter, so that um, I see myself being victorious and and, and um, making history. It was more about it was more about legacy than money, than um, ego, uh, than than having to go there or whatever the case may be. It was more about legacy. So if I had to put my ego to the side for me for me to make history, yeah. so be. That's, that's a great message too. I think fan, fans are going to love love to hear that, and I'm you know getting a ton of respect from what I've seen. Uh, but it's not like you're getting. I, I don't only like like if I had to be the guinea pig to to for, for to get this message across to to the young guys coming up or the older guys that's that's looking that's looking in. So be it. I'll, I'll I'll be that. I'll be I'll be the guinea pig to to show you that you don't like to 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 make these big fights happen. Um, all that other side of the street stuff and, and all that. If you truly want to make the fight happen, it's up to us fighters and, and, and we can make the fight happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, I think there's a tide. I think the tide is changing. I mean, uh, this is a, a big time uh, statement that you're making. You're, you're still getting paid pretty well. I mean, it's a great deal, I think. Uh, you know, maybe you could maximize more, more dollars. I, I didn't know exactly what was going on in, inside the Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, but you're gonna make money down the line if if you like you say I trust my talent. So you win, you you'll be in the driver's seat. You'll be able to call call the shots, but it's still a good deal. You're fighting on ESPN for three fights. You potentially beat Loma, uh You potentially beat. Uh, uh, excuse me. What the? Why am I blanking on his name? You're fighting George Campos. Yeah, and then you potentially get uh, Lomachenko. That's a three fight Loma, deal. It, it could be Loma, it could be Lomachenko. It could be Tank. It could be um, Tiafimo Lopez. Um, any of the big names is not just, you know, right. And, and, and Devin, there's a ton names. of names. There's a ton of good names under top rank and ESPN or Debella banner right now. It's you can both Tiafimo, Lomachenko, Shakur, Oscar Valdez, Tank Davis is flirting with, uh, he's got issues with his promoter. It, it seems like we'll get to that in, in, in a little bit, but I think it was a good deal. I think it was a plan. Like, you know, there was a lot said about, you know, with your last promoter, you're, you're going on a fight to fight deal. I, I know that you guys have a lot of respect with each other, but it wasn't so much of a plan. Like you have a plan now. You have a three fight plan. You're going to fight on ESPN. You're going to fight in huge fights. You could potentially be, uh, you know, a shot caller after it, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm fighting on the the, the biggest network of them all in front of you know the 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 most fans that I that can possibly see me. So, um, you know, this is a huge opportunity for me. But this is more than legacy. This is more for legacy than anything. You know, um, if we were fighting, you know, it's just for four judges, three judges to, to just to see it and me come out victorious, I would have did it. Yeah, think about it. Like I've had Sugar Ray Leonard on the show last month and at by 23, he was fighting for, you know, world titles. Uh, you know, he, he did it at a young age, too, and a lot had to go right for him. And I feel like, you know, you could potentially be leading the charge of this younger generation. Like you said, if you have to be the quote unquote guinea pig. Uh, you know, to take maybe, you know, less money and take big yeah. risks heading over to and Australia. I, day, I made a, I made a lot of money already. You know, a lot of people wouldn't even, be, if I told you how much money I made, um, they wouldn't even believe me with, with how much I made up to this point. So you, you can tell us how much. Uh, no, I'd rather not. <laughs> Ray, Ray, I'll start 10 million. If you, if, I'd rather. if it's more than 10 million, you raise your left hand. 
I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather I think not. fans like, yo, fans love this stuff. Like, they're yeah. like, oh, Haney gets too much money, blah, blah, blah. Like, do you think yeah, that, bro. like, that's why you yeah, get to, bro. like, flack? Like, do you think that's why yeah. you get but Right now, where I'm at in my career, I don't want to, I don't want to put that message out there. Like, you know, this is like, I, I did that at one point in my life when I was younger, yeah. which I'm not, a, I'm not an old guy, so I don't want to act like I'm an old guy. <laughs> but when I was younger, I, I, I put that message out there for about money and everything. But, yeah. like, just with so much maturing and everything, like I just want to show the kids that it's not all about money. It's about it's about legacy, and mm-hmm. you know, like if you really truly love something, then the money shouldn't even matter. Because yeah. at one point, when I wasn't when I was a little, when I was a kid, amateurs doing all that, I was doing this for free. And it's a lot of kids and amateurs that's that's doing the same thing I'm doing, just running just as many miles, just as much as I'm doing for free. And they they, they love the sport, and they're seeing the bigger picture. And that's what I'm doing. I'm seeing the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, with me being victorious, me getting all these boats, becoming undisputed, then it's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah. When you were fighting in Tijuana in front of 200 people, you know, cigarettes, exactly. smoke in the air, you know, they're exactly. going at you, throwing stuff. So, I mean, it's come a long money. way. And a lot of people don't know that I didn't make any money until about my first showbox fight. And I think it was my 19th fight against um, Mason Minar. Uh, yeah, before that, I, I made, that. made like, I made maybe, I think I made 3000 on the top ranked show, maybe like I think it was my fourth my fourth pro fight. But mm-hmm. after that, I didn't make any money. So um, that just shows you that I'm 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 all with seeing the bigger picture. I'm all in with sacrificing, and um, yeah, it's not always about money. It's about legacy. For no, me. I tweeted that out last week. It's like you fought on so many different platforms already. And I see 23. I see I see all your tweets too, and I appreciate you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like to call. I I'm my whole support. thing is I keep it. You know. Yeah, I'm not aligned with any network. You're a realist. Yeah. I'm not aligned with any network. I'm not aligned with any plat like platform or any um you know promoter. So I just call it like it is. Like I say, you know, George Cambosos is a real one because he wants to fight Lomachenko or he wants to fight Devin Haney. Devin Haney's a real one because look at it, he's 23 years old. He's fought on Showtime, he's fought on the zone, he's fought on the top rank, he's fought under his own uh banner. So like and now he's 23 and he's getting the biggest fight, you know. So I try to call like like I see it, and uh, I can't wait for this fight. I'm getting pumped up for it. Uh, the the press conference. He tried to get under your skin. Um, did you feel like he was going to do that coming in? I, I thought maybe he got um, a little bit under your skin. Did you, did you feel it? Um, no, I didn't feel like he got under my skin because he really did get under my skin. Because at the end of the day, like when we get in the ring. All that stuff doesn't matter. He can say what he want to say. I can say what I want to say. It's it's all part of the build up. It's all part of the promotion. So um, no, he didn't get under my skin. Uh, I, I know that he felt that like that, but that wasn't the case at all. This is boxing, man. We take punches. This what what, what is some words going to do to me? Right. I didn't think you trying to go in there and trying to knock me out. I'm trying to knock you out. So why so why would I let some words get to me? But only thing I don't respect is, you know, being called boy and kid and all that. You know, it's just, it's just some things you just don't say. And um, and I don't want to touch on that subject too much because no, no, no. Um, what's understood don't even need to be explained. But right. that that's it. Well, for what it's worth, I was listening to Lou DiBella on Chicken Talk and someone, a fan asked, uh, does Cambosos understand the connotation of boy? And yeah. Lou was like, no, no, I went, I told George immediately what it meant. And he didn't understand cultural thing. I, you know, that, I hope yeah. that, that you know, doesn't you, come into the promotion. At the end of the day, you, he's 27 years old. You're a grown man. You call me a kid, but you don't understand what the definition of a boy is. Yeah. 
Come on now. Yeah, it, it was. I didn't like that. I I, sc- I squirmed a little bit to be honest when I when I was hearing that. But he's this is what he did with Tifimo. You know, he tries to get under the skin, and and maybe it worked with Tifimo. But I think that was more along the lines of of Tifimo having uh, just a bad camp, bad game yeah. plan. But he did try to get into the head. You know, maybe it, it got in there where. You know, he wanted Tifimo to stay in the trade, uh, and he ter- certainly wants you to stay in the trade. He just does not want you to come in there and box. Mm-hmm. Well, we just uh, got to see. We don't know what I may do. We we, we got to see on fight night. Um, you know, but what I what I tell what I tell you I will do is I will handicap him of his best attributes, the things that he does the best. You know, we've been studying and we and we see. Uh, I will take away from him. What do you think he does the best? Like I, someone always someone asked me, it's like what is. What is Cambosos? What's his what's his bread and butter? And I'm just like, I, I really he's just sad. I think he's just like he does a lot he's of things tough. good, but he's not tough. one thing great. He's tough. He he has aggression and he's tough. Mm-hmm. But it will work against him. Right. I, I think he's got heart too. It will work against him. Yeah, his heart, you know, you uh, I we can make your heart work against you as well. Your aggression work against you as well. Your anger, we can make work against you as well. All that. All that. Well, he's gonna have a lot of pressure on him. I mean, he came in. He really was using that underdog role against uh, Tiafimo coming into yeah, you know, I mean, he, quote unquote you his backyard. Think, you got to think he had nothing to lose, everything to gain. Yeah, and that's going to be it's his balls, show. You know, it was balls to the wall. You know, is right now is I wouldn't say he has um, um, nothing to lose. Every or I wouldn't say he has he has everything to to lose. To lose but, yeah. but it's it's pressure for sure. Yeah, you opened up as the favorite uh, in this fight, slight favorite. Do you think that says a lot about his skills? I mean, at the end of the day, the odd makers, they're professionals, right? They're really good at it. This is, this is what they do. Yeah, you live in Vegas. You know what it's like. Yeah, for sure. And exactly. I know exactly what it's like. <laughs> um, they, I, I, I learned the hard way. So yeah. um, at the end of the day, they... They rarely make mistakes. They rare. It's very rare that they make mistakes, mm-hmm. and especially with somebody twice, they're not going to make too too many mistakes with the same person twice. They made the mistake with with Tio, and um, um, this this time around, they 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 know um, what type of fighter I am, everything that I bring to the table, and um, that's why. Yeah, speaking about. Um odds and betting um a lot of questions i put this out on twitter a lot of i got a lot of responses and questions from fans and they talk about you know fighting on the road and everything that comes along with that you know the judges being potentially robbed on the scorecards you saw what happened to manny pacquiao when he fought jeff horn does that change a game plan does that sink into the back of your mind does that play a role at all um at the end of the day only thing i asked for only thing i demanded was you know fair judging i wanted to uh, for my team to to have a look at the judges and for them all to be neutral judges. I don't want judges for him. I don't want from from his country or judges from my country. I want neutral judges okay. with, with with good experience that that's going to judge the fight the right way. And um, that's all I ask. And so that way I can go in there and stick to my game plan and not have to worry uh, about them. So is that was that worked into the contract already, or yeah. is that something that still yeah. will be worked out? No, that was that was worked into the contract. Already. So no American judge, no Australian judge. Yeah, neutral judges. Neutral judges. That that's that's good. That's good. very good. Is, and if it is an Australian judge, then it would be Australian judge, American judge. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And then there's the third one, of course. Um, 
that should be interesting. Uh, that is always plays a role in these fights uh, overseas. You know, <clears throat> I'll get you out of here in a second. Um, and fighter, wait, you went out for a second. Oh, sorry, said ten percent. No, it's all right. Ready? Here we go. All right. So there are a lot of fighters right now between 130 pounds and 140 pounds that are under 25. Uh, a lot of them are signed under whether it's Debello, whether it's Top Rank uh, under ESPN, like you, uh, George Tifimo, Lomachenko, Shakur, Oscar Valdez. There is a name that is not signed uh, to them, but that's Tank Davis. You know, he had some things to say about you. He, he's tweeting and then he's deleting a lot of tweets lately. Have you noticed that? Um, he is going through it, it seems like, with his promoter. Um, you know, he's talking about how this might be my last fight. I'm on this deal with Roley. You know, Floyd's acknowledging it. Leonard Ellerby is going after me for talking about it. He's going after everyone. Um, what did he say to you? Uh, he always has it out for me. I, I just, you know, so I went on Maddox's podcast and Maddox asked me, um, what do you think about Tank, you know, tweeting that stuff? And do you think he should leave? And I said, listen, I, I'll never know what goes on behind the closed doors between promoters and fighters. But all we can do is go by what these fighters say. And Tank is tweeting a lot, you know, and not only that, Floyd is acknowledging these tweets and he is saying listen nothing lasts forever so of course i'm going to speculate i'm in the media but i never said that he should leave um, uh mayweather promotions i said if there is someone that could leave and go out on their own and, and make two fight deals like you did or make three fight deals it's tank because he has great numbers and he brings a huge fan base with him i thought that was a pretty fair comment i don't know if ellaby actually listened uh to the podcast but long story short um Tank, would you want to see him potentially leave? Do you? What, what would your advice be to him as someone that's kind of yeah. taking your career into your own hands? If he was leaving for the right reasons as far as to, to make big fights happen, but if you want to leave to go fight Rollies, then what's the point of leaving? You might no, well I think leave. that's the opposite. I think he's – this is his last – I don't think he's happy with – this is another assessment. This is I don't know for sure, but I don't think he's happy with fighting Roly or, you know – I said Isaac Cruz or Gamboa and he sees you going for greatness. He sees some of these other big fights that are being made all around him. And he wants this to be his last fight. So he can potentially fight Lomachenko or potentially fight you when you, when you get through Cambosos. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm setting a tone for these young guys. So thank me. <laughs> well, he tweeted something. I got to pull it up right here. He tweeted and he deleted it. He's been doing that uh, a lot. He tweeted, uh, Javanta finally going to mix it up with the top guys. And then he quote tweeted and said, every person y'all thought was a top guy got touched up and then y'all moved on to the next guy. Now the email champ is your guy. Sad face. What are your, what's your reaction? He deleted it. I'm pretty sure he's, I'm pretty sure he deleted it. Well, if he deleted it, he probably had, you know, second thoughts about it. You know, he started backpedaling once he tweeted, he realized it wasn't the right thing to say. So, you know, we're not going to quote him too much on it because he deleted it. Okay. But all right, and I want to. I mean, there's there's nothing there, so I'm not going to push push you too much on on, on that one. But I, I want to see you do tangle with him, man. That would be. I know you guys have a mutual respect, and yeah, huge uh, huge fight for boxing, huge 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 fight for the fans. Um, you know, we both get past our opponents, and yeah, we can meet in the future. Do you think one day you'll you'll move up to like 140? Yeah, um, but you know, it's big fight. It's, it's, it's a huge fight in front of me right now. And how can I look past, past this? It's, this, is the, this is the biggest accomplishment in boxing. You know, it's hard to look past that when you're yeah. fighting for everything is right in front of your face right now. That's All you got to do is go man. get it. All you got to do is it. 
too much right there go get it so it's I'm right there it. it's I'm right there it. for the taking all right big fight saturday you can order it on ppv.com spence ugas two guys uh unifying divisions uh just like you're about to do wait in that's June. when saturday yeah, um, next Saturday, the 16th, April 16th. You can order it on ppv.com. How do you see that fight playing out? Um, I like Spence. Um, Ugas is tough. He's rugged. He, um, he comes to fight. Um, but I just think Spence has too good of a jab, too good of IQ experience, strong puncher. I think he's got, I just think he has too many tools in the toolbox, uh, to, to, um, lose to, um, yeah, I mean that's a it's a close fight. I mean, uh, talk about odds; it's pretty close. I think, on that I think it's I think it's going to be a good fight just yeah. because how stylistically. But I just see um, Spence being victorious. Yeah, I'm leaning Spence, but the closer I get to it, I'm thinking this is like a it's getting closer and closer, like a fifty fifty fight, or some obviously leaning towards. Spence, but Ugas has so many of these these things that can just disarm a fighter. Like you want to do to Campos is like he can take away so many, um, you know, of Spence's best attributes uh you know being a southpaw i don't know when the last time spence fought a, a southpaw but that's gonna be an awesome fight the whole schedule i mean from now until like late june and you're gonna be right in the middle of it uh is just absolutely loaded it must feel great to be part of that schedule yeah. and uh it's loaded boxing couldn't be at a better place right now yeah great time to be a boxing fan Damn right. Great time to be Devin Haney, that's for sure. Uh, June 4th, Melbourne, Australia, George Camposos. We're going to finally get a undisputed champion at Lightweight. That is going to be music to fans' ears over on ESPN. Devin Haney, the dream. Appreciate the time. Okay, that is a wrap for this maiden voyage under the John Boy banner. Special thanks to uh, Devin Haney. Special thanks to Evan Korn at Top Rank. That's kind of weird to say. Devin Haney is now a, a Top Rank and a DeBella fighter. But really interesting interview uh, with Devin Haney, you got the sense that he's maturing before our eyes at age 23. Huge fight uh, with George Camposos down under in Australia. I thought the contract talk was interesting. Uh, the sparring stuff w- was good. I can't wait for that fight. And that's long ways away. And we're going to cover that uh, extensively. But Devin Haney, I feel like the tide is turning on the perception of him. A lot of people, you know, don't like the way he fights or, or thinks, I call him the email champ. He's heard it all. Uh, you know, but now he's getting a lot of respect for taking less money. Uh, signing with new promoters, flying over to Australia across the world for not one but two fights with George Camposos, but he is going to be paid handsomely uh, for that fight. But I'm looking forward to that one. So special thanks to Devin Haney for coming on the show. Special thanks to all you watching at home. This is fun. Uh, John Boy Media is my new home uh, here for uh, Inside Boxing Live. I'm going to be doing so much more content now. It's going to be a blast, uh, you know, maybe some more live chats, some watch parties. We have a lot planned uh, going to fights. You know, Taylor Serrano fight is just down the block here in Manhattan, uh, April 30th. I'm going to get the fighters up here. I'm going to get Eddie Heron up here throwing darts. I want to, I have a lot of plans. I have a lot of plans for the show, and uh, it's going to be awesome. So special thanks to everyone that has rocked with me for the last five years. Uh, this feels big. Couldn't have gone without you guys. That is a wrap. Don't forget to order the sh- uh, pay-per-view this weekend, ppv.com. I'm heading down to Detroit for a Broadway boxing with my colleague here at John Bowman, Justin Shackle, calling a uh, club show. So that should be fun. Then I'll be back Saturday in that live chat watching a three-belt unification. Then next week, we'll preview Tyson Fury versus Dillian White. It's a great time to be a boxing fan. Boxing world is buzzing. See you next week.